it's so easy as us business owners to be in these little silos and just kind of stay in our little, you know, internal voices and think that this is the way it should be. I think that's why it's so important to consistently talk to people that challenge you and that help you, even if they're, you know, even a few steps ahead of you to be like, well, you know, if you're doing this launch or if you're doing this, this email newsletter or this campaign, you know, why don't you try this? This worked for me or, or, you know, just to even compare notes and, and, and know some savvier, better pathways to doing it are huge. And that way um, you're doing it smarter and not, you're not working so hard. Cause I think a lot of people, again, think that it has to be so hard and so complicated when, you know, with a little bit of help, it doesn't have to be so complicated. I love the idea that there's more and more of us out there that are really aligned with simplified marketing, right? Like, <sighs> yeah, I think you know, yeah. that's, we need to like shout it from the rooftops. You can simplify your marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sonia Statman, and you're listening to Women in the Business Arena. Over the last 20 years, I've had the honor of working with thousands of women in business. During that time, I have been obsessed with finding a new way to operate business. One that eliminates hustle, supports ease, aligns with our values, and gives us a sustainable pathway to change the world. This podcast shares with you some of the lessons I've learned along the way. The conversations we have here are intimate, honest, and enlightening. It's like hanging out with friends who also happen to be pretty amazing business owners. Here we challenge what the world says business has to be to trailblaze a path of our own. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, and welcome back to Women in the Business Arena. I am so excited because I am super loving this season. I don't know how many of the season's episodes you've listened to, but this is a very exciting season where we're really unpacking the idea that growth is actually a removal process. And today I'm excited because I have a special guest. Her name is Nedra Rezinas, and she's a marketing strategist for service-based businesses. And she's really passionate about helping people overcome, you know, the doing all the things and the, you know, massive distraction that marketing can be and really so people can get more freedom. And that's what we're going to explore today. How can we remove some of the things in our marketing to get more freedom? <laughs> so welcome, Nedra. So glad you're here. Thanks, Sonia. It's great, it's great to be here. So so what do you think about this, this idea that growth is a removal process? I mean, it's interesting because oftentimes I think in marketing, we think that growth is about doing and adding on more. Exactly. So one of the things I like to identify is, you know, what what are you doing and what can you start removing? Because what I hear, I mean, especially as a recent, I hear a lot of clients say, Oh, I'm, I've been doing Facebook and Instagram and I just feel so burnt out on it and I don't know what to do. And I, but I keep doing it because that's what I'm supposed to do. Right. <laughs> yes. And it's, you know, you, I think like me, we have some similar ideas that you don't have to be on social media. I mean, if you love social media and you want to be on social media, great, but there's no need to have to be there. But I think everybody's really conditioned to believe they've got to do all the things. I know. I think it's that societal pressure and then you know maybe your colleagues are doing it and you're seeing that and you're thinking that's what I'm supposed to do it's yeah it's this really interesting pressure cooker we're in and and, and you know kind of like especially with the pandemic I think it's been a way people connected but I think we're getting to a point where it's I mean after especially um, recently when Facebook and Instagram were down many hours that was an eye-opener for a lot of people 
Yeah, I didn't even hear. I was on retreat during that oh, time. Oh, good. <laughs> I didn't good even know about it. <laughs> but uh, I did see later a lot of people panicking, you know, are yeah. talking about how it was a crazy ride or a crazy journey. And mm. I think anytime we're so dependent on one thing, right, that's not really in our control, you know, that that's challenging for our business and for our marketing. Um, so, so let me ask you this. How mm-hmm. many people that you work with are really doing too much? Like in all the people that you've kind of worked with their marketing strategists, like, you know, as a ballpark percentage, how many people mm-hmm. are doing too many things? I'd say it's about 50-50. What I see is people doing too many things or people just not doing anything. It's like, it's kind of extremes. And so I don't really see the sweet spot in the middle. Yeah. So, so people are either not doing anything because they're what overwhelmed or frozen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or they're doing all the things that isn't really providing them with a, any sort of strategic results, right? Exactly. Yeah. So what are the, some of the ways that you've worked with your clients or ways that we can kind of share with the audience? You know, how can we start to simplify and remove some of the things from our marketing strategy? Yeah. One example is a client I worked with. She's a personal stylist and she was, she was coming to me probably the dead of winter last year. And she had a pretty burnout on Instagram and was seeing other stylists use it and was wondering why it wasn't quite fitting for her. And she, you know, she just was feeling exhausting. And so we, we started talking about, well, is, is your target market even on Instagram? Like, who are you trying to serve? And who's, who's some of your best clients? We kind of dove in that, in, in that space. Because one of the first things you want to realize is, you know, the people you, you want to serve and your best clients, are they even hanging out there? You want to, that's, I think, one of the first things you always want to define. And then, um, you know, once we started realizing who, who, she, who she worked with the best and how, what she gave, you know, what kind of, what was so rewarding about it and made her unique, it became really obvious that she was better off doing um, more networking in person. And luckily, as we worked together, things started opening up because of COVID. And so she started joining these groups and, you know, somebody met her in person, she would immediately start having discovery calls and start getting clients that way. It was really fascinating to see and how much happier she was because that was more her natural ability than to post all the time on Instagram. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. My clients are the same. Like, I've, I've always found that, you know, a lot of women who, especially if they have solo businesses or solopreneurs, mm-hmm. um, service-based, they're really good with relationship building. Mm-hmm. And instead of focusing on connecting with people and having conversations that really create so much more sales, they do spend a lot of time trying to do all the things on the internet, you know, the mm-hmm. funnels yeah. and Facebook ads and Instagram and and, and, you know, it really leads to a lot of exhaustion and burnout. Absolutely. And um, one of the other things that we I, I tend to do with my clients is ask them, like, when's the last time you even reached out to your past clients or or your own, like, network of people? You know, like, when's do you, uh, you know, do you, are you calling people or emailing them once a quarter or, you know, even DMing them on Instagram? You know, like, if you do, like, social media, maybe that you know, Instagram or LinkedIn could be a great way to connect. But um, you know, it was really tough for a lot of my clients because they were normally seeing people every time or every day during um, luncheons and breakfasts. There was all these organized things in person. And then that, there was that huge fallout because of pan- the pandemic in, you know, m- like uh, spring, summer of 2020. And it was just so hard to figure out, well, how do we try to reconnect to people in a natural way that doesn't feel 
so distant and it, it's luckily we're kind of coming full circle with things starting to reopen again but i think it's really good to play on your strengths and that's one of the things that i always talk to my clients because a lot of them are introverts they you know being on social media or video is exhausting so you know why why do that if that's really not your strengths maybe you're a better writer maybe you should be guest posting on on blogs and writing and even writing your own newsletters and that's that's a great way to expose um what your what your gifts are and how to share what you how you can help with people you know part of it is knowing your target market right mm -hmm. that really yeah. helps you be able to sort of streamline some of your marketing strategy and then of course knowing what your strengths are these are things i talk a lot about as well mm -hmm. really understanding what your genius is and w like can we, I feel like even when I talk a lot about, you know, using your strengths in marketing, a lot of people are still like, yeah, that's a nice idea. But, you know, how do I actually do that, right? There's like this, I think there's this disconnect between like, how can I use my strengths when all of these things that we do in marketing are not my strengths? But like, what are some of the ways that you've seen your clients utilize their strength in their marketing strategies, mm -hmm. you know, where maybe they didn't realize they could before? That's a really good question. Um, one of the things I like to have my clients do is take the Clifton Strengths Finder test. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's now Clifton strengths it's been renamed but that can be really eye-opening to see where you where you where you land as far as just how you think about the world and how you execute on on you know activities or even process information mm. and that can even be eye-opening itself but i've definitely worked with clients and help them realize that especially with their own network it's usually it usually kind of falls back on that that that's actually one of their best gifts and especially if, if it's a client that's you know uh, even if it's if they've been around just in their business a year or two, they usually have a past group of colleagues or you know uh, friends or you know people are excited about what they're doing and want to support them and will you know spread the word about what they're doing. And um, I think there's a big part of it too is just letting go and knowing when you when you do want to hire somebody to help you. Like I had this one great client; she's an interior designer and she actually has employees, but she was really trying to you know, wrap her head around how she could use a virtual assistant to help her with her business and especially with her marketing. And, and even just one of the big things, aha moments for her was to, she was really having a hard time with email and trying to wrangle that every day. That was just sucking the life out of her. And she spent hours on it, trying to put out fires and mm. trying to deal with what was, what, what took priority. And it was, and then she just sometimes she just wouldn't even check it because she was just so burnt out, but then it caused more email. <laughs> it would just kind of compounded on itself. So she actually hired a virtual assistant to help her, um, clean out her email before she even looked at it every day for maybe an hour or two. And it just immediately changed the, her energy and her ability to get things done. And it's actually given her a gift of life to be able to just even, focus on what needs to happen. And then she has her mornings for herself where she can, um, you know, be her best self and, and, and really put her energy to other projects besides just email. And so I think that, I think just opening your, your mind up to like what's possible is a big part of it too. Yes. You know, one of the things that is kind of my mission is really, I do so much of the self-development work, right? Mm -hmm. That is required for us to have successful business or successful careers or, you know, be leaders. And so much of that self-development is like, I almost believe, I, I call it reclaiming ourselves, right? Yeah. It's really about that ability to reclaim our natural strengths mm -hmm. and who we are. Instead of trying to be different, it's really like, here is how I best operate and let me build my business around 
around that versus trying to, to do everything. And I think that was such a great example that you just gave because instead of her constantly fighting, like I should be good with email, I should handle all this, mm-hmm. I should navigate it. She was just like, hey, this is not my thing. I can have someone else do it and I'm able to tackle what's more in my strengths. Um, and I see a lot of people that don't understand their strengths or really look at it from that point of view. Right. And um, I had this one client, she was just an amazing interior designer as well, but she was very forward thinking. Like she was thinking five to 10, 15 years ahead of most of us and, and how we're going to be living and how, you know, kind of like the, the reaction to pandemic and, and healthy living and, and co-working and all kinds of really amazing ideas and, and, and constructs. But she just was uh, trying to figure out how to kind of get all this information ideas out. And even just the idea of giving her the permission to create her own website and her own brand to be a speaker and to, um, you know, get herself into those conferences where they're having those, those discussions about five, 10, 15 years into the future. She is almost like she was on the cusp of that, but just even me just giving her that little push to do that was just like, yeah, of course, why am I not doing that? And then she just was like, flooded with like uh, inertia to start doing something like that and, and taking action. Yeah. And I, look, I don't know about you, but how uh, I know for myself, I've often, even though I understand all this and I understand my strengths and like, I still can get like tempted to do things for marketing, especially mm-hmm. that are outside my strengths, right? Like before I even know when I'm doing something that isn't aligned, kind of outside of my strengths. And I have to keep coming back to that. Have you experienced that as well with yourself? Like, do you find it's, it's so easy to get distracted? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I think I've been dealing with that just in the last few weeks, um, getting distracted. And, you know, what really helps is talking to my other fellow marketing colleagues. They help pull me back in. So I think it's really important to have accountability partners and people that will hold you you know, hold your feet to the fire and be like, why are you doing that? Or is that really productive? <laughs> you know, I think that's, that's usually um, who helps kind of straighten me out every week is, is checking with those people. Well, that's a great idea. I think that also is really important. It's one of the reasons why I created a community of women, because I feel like we need to support each other to stay aligned with our values, Mm -hmm. to stay aligned with our strengths. You know, one of the things I talk a lot about is that, you know, I think for women in particular, and I don't know what the framework is, like how many women you've worked with versus men, but I think for women in particular, sometimes we are like feeling unworthy. And so rather than listening to ourselves or honoring our values and strengths, we're out there trying to prove our worthiness in all these different ways that are misaligned with our businesses or misaligned with what our strengths are. Have you noticed that as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You uh, definitely um, touching on some good subject matter there. It's so easy as, as business owners to be in these little silos and just kind of stay in our little you know, internal voices and think that this is the way it should be. I think that's why it's so important to consistently talk to people that challenge you and that help you, even if they're, you know, even a few steps ahead of you to be like, well, you know, if you're doing this launch or if you're doing this, this email newsletter or this campaign, you know, why don't you try this? This worked for me or, or, you know, just even compare notes and, and, and know some savvier, better pathways to doing it are huge. And that way um, you're doing it smarter and not, you're not working so hard. Cause I think a lot of people, again, think that it has to be so hard and so complicated when, you know, with a little bit of help, it doesn't have to be so complicated. I love the idea that there's more and more of us out there that are really aligned with simplified marketing, right? Like, <sighs> yeah, I think you know, yeah. that's 
We need to like shout it from the rooftops. You can simplify your marketing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think a lot of it is just remembering that there was life before social media, you know, and that I've been doing this workshop that's uh, called Marketing Without Social Media. And one of the things I talk about is blogging because blogging has been around a long time. And mm-hmm. that used to be the be all place to you know, you know, you check on comments if you a blog post was released, and it was like the way to promote things back in the mid 2000s. But it's still a tried and true method if you use it right, and you um, collaborate with people, and there's all these different tactics. And um, it's just one of those overlooked marketing tools that's pretty powerful if you if you if you understand the ability of it. Yeah. And I think it's if you understand the ability, like that's such an important piece. I mean, you know, like decades ago when I started my business, you know, blogging was like kind of just this very, very new thing. And I think a lot of people over the years thought they needed to blog. Like I remember like maybe a decade ago, right? People were just like, I have to blog. I have to blog. But there was no education on blogging, right? Right. There was no education on SEO. People were just like putting up content just like they're doing in social media, right? It's like the same idea (laughs) over and over again. It's all about the content. I'm just going to put up some content. I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what the purpose is. I'm not even sure who I'm targeting, but I'm going to put up some content and like, I'm just going to feed the machine. And I feel like blogging Mm -hmm. can become like that as well, right? But it's so interesting. What I really love about blogging, and this is something that I'm, you know, looking at for my own business, Mm -hmm. is, you know, when I've been educated by people who really know what they're doing, the benefit of blogging is that you do it once, you can keep optimizing the same Mm -hmm. article over and over again. It's not a content generation machine. It's much more strategic. It lives forever on the internet. Mm-hmm. If you're smart with SEO, you can really, you know, draw people to you. Whereas, you know, I think about all the social media I've done, how much time, money, energy I've spent on social media over the years, where it's just this, like, it's just a constant machine. Like I write something and then it's gone and I write something and it's gone. I write something and it's gone, right? It just like flows through that feed and I'm always having to come up with new stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like these are the tactics that aren't working for most of us anymore. They're not sustainable to have to create a content machine, but doing something like blogging, you know, where you're strategic and you're using SEO and you're doing it like, say, even one blog a month Mm -hmm. that you're really optimizing and putting in the effort to make it amazing, that lives forever on the internet and, you know, really allows you to get so much more traction. Absolutely. And, and then you just, it's funny when you do searches, you'll see blog posts from, gosh, sometimes even 2013 and I mean, long time ago, almost 10, 20, you know, 10, 15 years ago that has had the longevity because it was well done. It was put together and actually has relevance. And so, um, I totally agree with that. And it's just really nice to see, um, when somebody has, figured that out and that works for them and they're, you know, they enjoy the writing or they, or they get a ghostwriter and they have someone, they help, they have some collaborate, someone collaborate with them and write it, but it's out there. It's done. It's they're, they're doing it and they're doing it consistently. It's not just like, you know, I'm going to blog for two months and okay, that, that, that was boring. Bye-bye. <laughs> you know, do you find, this is definitely something I've seen over the years. Do you find that people don't really understand marketing and they don't really understand the importance of strategy? Well, yeah. And I think what I see a lot is people from jumping from shiny object to shiny object a lot, you know, because there's so much, you know, especially if you're on social media, there's so many like ads and things thrown at you of like, try this program, do this course, do this, do that. And it gets really 
really hard to see what's really going to work for you because a lot of these are cookie cutter solutions. Um, and then there's just that, again, that whole consistency where you show up again and again and again, even if you are repurposing your content and re, re, you know, repeating yourself, that's actually where the magic happens. But that seems, I feel like for a lot of people, that seems so boring and so not sexy that it's just like, why, why would I do that? That's just, why would, you know, why would I show up to where people are at when I want to be doing this exciting thing over there and I want to do this Instagram live and do this and do that. And it's just like, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I get it. But, but you know, this, this is, this, this other stuff is tried and true. It actually works. You just have to just set the course, you know? <laughs> Let's talk about the sexiness, right? <laughs> like this is one of the things that drives me crazy is like, you know, the, like this idea that we have to make marketing sexy, that we have to be, you know, it has to be fun. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Shiny object syndrome. Yeah. Like, that's a really good kind of framework for it. I actually think this is what exhausts mm-hmm. us and this is what burns us out, you know, because truly the things that work oftentimes are not the sexy things, right? It's like following up with potential leads that you've already had, right? It's going like back into your list and saying, oh, I haven't reached out to this person in a long time. I'm going to reach out to them and just see how they are, right? Not super sexy, but effective, right? That's so true. Yeah. you. I mean, that is accurate. And you know, or just, you know, just show, you know, sending that email newsletter once a week. And, you know, sometimes you're just, you're just, you know, dredging it, you're, you're pulling your teeth, just, you know, like dragging yourself to write it. But, um, you know, like even just that, if your name pops up in that inbox, somebody like, Hey, Oh wait, I remember that person. I want to work with them. You know, I mean, it's just these little things they really do matter. Yes. And you know, I always call it chopping wood and carrying water. Like it's, uh, yeah, there was, I don't know if you've heard it, but there was Uh like this, you know, Zen proverb and it was Mm -hmm. like before enlightenment, chopping wood and carrying water after enlightenment, chopping wood and carrying water. And the bit, the best principles in our business are really chopping wood and carrying water. They're not sexy. We don't get to like success and we're like, we're done. We can now be sexy. We can now like be flashy, right? It's still chopping wood and carrying water at any level of your business. But I feel like most people haven't really been taught some of the fundamentals or essentials of running a business. And so, yeah, they're Mm -hmm. just always looking for the shiny, the shiny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it can be pretty exhausting. And that's why one of the things I do with my clients has helped them set boundaries around that and just kind of, kind of, you know, tur- turn off the noise and recommend that they really limit their time on social media and even go as far as deleting the apps on their phone, just if they need to over the weekend, just to stop, you know, I've done that. I've done that before. It's been a great experiment. And yes, it's, a, it, it, I think, you know, it's, it's nothing's, nothing bad's going to happen. You can easily restore that app and it's going to be the same. And, um, you know, maybe you forgot your password. Well, maybe that's a good thing to just take a break from it for a while, like all the things that happen. Right. But, um, yeah. I think just being aware and, you know, if you, if you do, I mean, just go back to social media, cause it's just an easy one to talk about, but you know, just even be aware of what, what are you doing on there? Because it, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's very much like going to, um, a, uh, like Vegas or, you know, like going into a casino, <laughs> it's like flashy. Oh, and it's just trying to pull you in and you, you have to have an objective. Why are you here? Otherwise get out. Like that's, nothing good's going to come of it. You're just going to have time sucked away, you know? Right. Yes. So true. You know, recently, um, last month, actually I did a social media retreat and I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm, I took my apps off my phone. I only went in once a week just to handle anything that was absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I like basically did a bunch of social media posts beforehand. I let my VA schedule them and like, that's it. Like I didn't touch it for a month. Okay. First of all, 
let me just tell you how much time I got back, how much relief I got back. You you don't realize how often out of habit you check all those apps, right? Like on my phone, I just check all the, I'm just sitting there watching Mm -hmm. TV, check all the apps. I'm sitting there talking to my partner. Oh, look, check all the apps, right? Like wake up in the morning, check all the apps, right? All these ways (laughs) in which we do that. And it was such a relief to really disconnect from that so much so that I've decided not to go back. So like now I'm going to keep, I keep doing the same thing. I still have it off my phone. Mm -hmm. I check once a week and it is amazing the amount of attention and energy I have again for the things that really matter. Oh, that's so great to hear. I love that you found a way to make, make that work for you and that it's been consistent and that you can, you create new habits, which is really exciting. Um, you know, I think for some people they could replace, you know, like I actually, what I did recently is I replaced uh, Duolingo with my social media habit. And that's been great because I've been learning French and it's way more fun. And then I have my daughter, she's learning Spanish now. And it's just, it's just, it's a great, and a colleague told me that he started doing that to help replace social media. I'm like, well, I'm going to, that's a great idea. So yeah, I think if you could, you know, you can find the Kindle app, some other way, if you really feel like, you, you know, that phone time, well, let's make it productive and fun. Like, let's make it something that you're not going to regret later. Yes. Yeah. Same. We've got Memorize mm-hmm. and we've been using that app to learn Portuguese because we're going to Portugal next oh, year. So wonderful. my whole family yeah. has been like, so we have like Portuguese, mm-hmm. you know, like 30 minute practice and everyone gets on their phones or iPads and like oh, practices man. their Portuguese. But I think it's so interesting. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, it is really powerful when we shift that behavior. And what I found for me is I don't even have the pull anymore, right? Before mm-hmm. it was like this habit, this default, this pull, but I don't even think about it. I mean, sometimes I'm like, gosh, I haven't been to my social media in a while. <laughs> Maybe I should go and check it and see how it's doing. Yeah, but you know that it's one of those things that uh, it's not going to be that different. You know, what I mean, like if somebody really wants to get a hold of you, they're gonna <laughs> they're yes, gonna get a hold right? of you. They're not gonna do it that yes. way. A hundred percent. And this is you know, and this is where it comes back to that strategy. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, the social media is really about me directing people to other places where I yeah. do hang out. I do hang out weekly on my email list. I do hang out, you know, on the podcast. I do hang out in all these other places. Right. And so for me, social media, I use it to kind of direct people to other places. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people haven't really looked at the strategy. And and you know, I think and it's so funny because every time we sort of do a marketing mm-hmm. episode on the podcast, of course, we end up talking so much about social media right. because I think that's what people focus on. But I don't know, in in my opinion, I'd love to hear your opinion. Mm-hmm. I feel like social media is actually like the last place we should be focusing our attention. What do you think? What's your oh, experience with your clients? Yeah. I mean, it really depends on the industry you're in too. You know, I've worked with lots of um, attorneys and I mean, that's definitely not where they're spending their time. And so I think it's really, again, it's it's going back to these tried and true methodologies, you know, that have been around for a while, email marketing, you know, yeah. refer, referral networking. I mean, I, I teach yeah. a, a coin framework around how to, you know, uh, build and uh, reward your referral partners. Um, I think podcasting like you're doing is 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 huge and can be really easy and uh, attainable for a lot of people to do it doesn't have to be um so huge and then um even youtube as a platform could be uh, a really great way if you enjoy being on video and want exposure and and uh have some really great content i mean there's just so many really creative ways to go about getting your word out but again it always boils down to who your target market is because then you want to be where they're at because that if they if you're not then 
no one's going to hear you. <laughs> yes, yes. And and do you also feel, and this is my experience too, do you also feel that um, people have too broad a target market? Like they're not very clear about, you know, who they're looking to work with. And so, you know, I, I get a lot of people who are kind of like, my target market is women in business. I'm like, that's <laughs> no longer a target market. Do you right. find that as well? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's one of those that, uh, I definitely work with my clients on and really get very particular about, okay, well, let's get down to the demographics. Let's get down to the psychographics. Like what, you know, who, who let's create like a avatar. Who's, who's this person that you is the ideal client or is somebody that maybe has been, let's, let's map those out and, you know, like really put an identity to that person and, you know, where are they hanging out? Like one of the things that I noticed with my own clients this is really great. You know, what traits you have in common. One of the things that I have in common is we love to give back and volunteer or, you know, really get involved with nonprofits. A lot of my clients are on boards or they, they're very active. And so, um, that's something that I can definitely have in common with them and, and really, you know, play that strength. So I think it's really important to see what you have in common with them. And then also just know what their tendencies are, you know, even if it's like, do they have pets? Like, I mean, there's just a really interesting facts that can be very helpful when it comes to connecting and knowing where to, where they, where they're hanging out. Mm, yeah. I love that. Um, the other day I did this sort of like exercise with my clients. Mm-hmm. It was actually last month and we were exploring like how to find your ideal clients, mm-hmm. right? Cause I feel like this is the place everybody gets struggling. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where to find my ideal clients. And so rather than giving them answers, I had them do some brainstorming and work with each other. Yeah. And it was, it was really interesting because what I tried to, you know, explore with them was, okay, think about every place your mm-hmm. clients hang out. Now, not just like in a business group right. targeting businesses or, but like, do they go to the doctors? Do they go to the pet store? Are they at gyms? Mm-hmm. Are they in the grocery store? Like where is, cause I think we have to expand that view of where are our clients, right? Like yeah. I think we, sometimes we can get into this scarcity that we just don't know, but I always feel like so many of us have our clients all around us. Mm-hmm. We just, you know, are like narrow in our viewpoint around that. What do you think? Uh, it's so true. And one of the things that I like to do, especially when it comes to referral partners, which is also kind of a similar thought process is, you know, who intersects with your clients? Like mm. one of the examples that I give when I do this workshop is like divorced women, divorced women are your clients. Okay. Right. So who, who intersects with them? Therapists, uh, attorneys, mm-hmm. estate planners, um, mediators, like all these different people are probably talking to your clients. So can you talk to them? Can you, you know, can you, um, cross promote each other? Is there any kind of like, you know, a relationship building there? I think that that can really be an aha moment for people. And they go, Oh, wow, I never Oh, wow, this is great. Okay, I, I can I can I have new opportunities here. This is this is something I never thought of. Yeah, it's strategic, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, where are my clients going that I can connect with and we can refer each other? I love referral. I think referral mm-hmm. networks, referral partners, so powerful. And yet we just like, we lose the sense. I mean, if you have one person who you're nurturing that relationship, mm-hmm. but that one person is feeding you clients, like, isn't that better than trying to spray everywhere, you know, like <laughs> on social media? It's like, hey, uh, who wants to work with me? Versus like you have someone that's trusted, yeah. that's bringing you warm leads. Because as soon as someone says, I think you should go see Sonia, or I think you should go see Nedra, mm-hmm. right? That is a warm lead because they have a, a trust built already without mm-hmm. even having met you yet. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a, 
it's a much easier conversation from the very beginnings. You know, you have that person in common, that trust. I mean, that's the big part is trust. And, you know, depending on the industry, again, you know, um, that trust is so important. I feel like especially the industries of, you know, law, you know, health and, and finance, that's critical. Otherwise, um, there's just it's going to be hard to do business together. So it, I think that immediately just accelerates the whole process, which it, for both parties is wonderful. All right. Awesome. So, so we're going to wrap up here in a second, but before we do, I would love to hear, well, what do you think? And I'm going to put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. What do you think are kind of the top three things that people can remove from their marketing strategy to grow even more? Oh, that's a good question. I'd say, well, I mean, I think a given is probably, you know, reconsider your social media. Like we talked about today, you know, is, yes. is it really, you know, one, one thing is to, you know, take a snapshot for the last three months, you know, have you gotten any leads or clients from there? Yes. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a truth telling fact right there to see if that really is effective or not. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then another one is just like, what, what are you doing with your content? You know, are you repurposing it? So is it something that are you doing once and then you're reusing it over and over? So it's something to, um, reconsider because I, I hear, that being a showstopper for a lot of people in writing newsletters or blog posts, they're like, I don't know what to write about. I'm like, uh, I bet you have stuff you've written a year ago. You could re mm. recycle and nobody's going to know any different. Cause it's, you know, considered evergreen. It's good anytime you're around. Right. Yes. And then the third is I, I think really narrowing on that target market. Who are your top, you know, really narrow in like one or two different, um, niches, you know, like let's say you're focused on, attorneys and financial planners, you know, so really focus it on them. Don't, don't try to talk to everyone else because Mm. that's, those aren't your good clients. And that takes some time to figure out. It's not something you're going to know in a week. It's, it takes, you know, that's something that's going to take some legwork and, and critical thinking, but is worth it. It's worth the energy to put into. I love those. Those are awesome. And, and where can people find you? I I send out a weekly newsletter, so you can sign up for that at uh, netterazinas.com. I have a a really great masterclass. You can sign up to experience that as part of, you know, signing up for my newsletter. I think that's, I will, I will definitely walk the walk and not promote social media. Just, I think my newsletter is really spot on and it's a great way to connect with people. Okay. I love that. And we'll make sure we have all your contact info in the show notes as well. So thank you so much for joining us, Nedra. And thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you next week. Hey, before you head off to your next podcast, I wanted to share with you something I've learned over the last 21 years. Having a successful business, a successful career, or a successful life isn't about what you do on the outside, but the work you do on the inside. Being truly successful is about who we become, not what we accomplish. It is the self-development work that makes the difference. This is why I created Worthy Women Collective, to help women tap into their greatness so that they can change the world. Want to learn more? Head over to worthywomencollective.com. Thanks so much for being a part of our podcast community. Have a beautiful day and see you next time.